G'day crypto goers, welcome to part five of my interview with Synth. Thank you so much to everyone who likes, subscribes and gives me comments. It really does help me and I really do appreciate the feedback. I just want to touch on one quick question that I did get from the viewers out there that I will address right now before getting to the end of the series. The question was related to whether or not I really believe in this project or not. Now, I've been thinking about the question a lot. Now, I answered straight away and said yes, of course, but I wanted to emphasize how much I believe in this project. Everything we do in life comes with a big risk, and everything we YouTubers do on YouTube comes with a massive risk because once we put it out there, it's out there forever. And once I start plugging a coin or supporting a coin or a project, if it goes south, it damages my reputation forever. I use my real name, my real face, my real voice, and, and this is me. When I do reviews on coins, especially a few years ago, I was very critical of everything that was happening. Not to be a negative Nelly as such, but basically in business, you're always trying to look for weaknesses so you can calculate your risk and mitigate that risk. And that's not to say we don't take risks because not taking any risks is a risk in itself. That is, if you were not to invest in crypto at all, I personally see that as a bigger risk. But of course, we only invest what we can afford to lose. We accept that all investments come with risks. But when it comes to the crypto space, I've only been in this space for about three years and it has essentially changed my life for the better. Ever since I've got into this, it has inspired me to basically make a YouTube channel. I had no inclination to be online or make a video production suite of reviews of business or Skycoin or Bitcoin or any coin. But because I truly believe in crypto at large, as I'm sure, as I'm sure you do because you're watching this right now, within the crypto space itself, beyond the power of Bitcoin, which in my opinion is always going to be the Mac Daddy, we are now starting to understand the power, the true power of decentralization and how internet and everything around the internet is truly only now evolving into the next generation. And of all the projects I've seen, there's nothing like Skycoin. Now, of course, this whole thing could collapse and not work, but my argument to that is, well, it's been going for nearly a decade. Typically, projects can't go that long without some type of massive investment. And typically, massive investment doesn't come in unless really smart people keep investing in it. More importantly, projects don't progress as far as they have in this cutting-edge technology without exceptional leadership. Now, the reason why I have broken up this interview into about six different parts is because, first of all, it was long. It was three hours, and I don't think it's reasonable for anyone uh, as a viewer to watch a three-hour interview. Now, of course, you might watch it and press pause here and there, but the reality is I was so humbled to see and speak with Synth and talk about this project, and what I got out of it is so important that I really believe that we should take the time to take 20 to 25 minute snippets of this interview, which are all stitched back to back. If you just want to watch it in a playlist at the end, you can do that. But really focus on what this genius is saying. Every now and then you get a genius in life that bubbles to the surface. And I think the Skycoin team, including Synth, are those geniuses that we're seeing in the modern age. Remember, the creators of Skycoin have been around since the inception of Bitcoin itself. They have got a lot of reach into the industry and corporate knowledge. And because I've seen nothing like this before, 
It's part of the reason why I invested so much time into reviewing it uh, two years ago, and, and no one paid me to do it. I just did it for fun. And typically doing detailed business reviews is not something you do for fun. You typically do it if you're doing a master's or some type of undergraduate degree at university, or it's your job. But the reason why I did the review is because I think this thing's amazing. So again, everything comes with a risk, absolutely, uh, including the risk I'm taking of spending this time and reputation reviewing this coin. But I do really appreciate the question, and that's why I'm taking the extra time to answer it right now. Uh, remember, if you do leave me a good question for next time, I jot it down here in my little diary, and I will give it to Synth, or put it forward to Synth in my next discussion with him next month. And also, if you've got any other coins or projects you'd like me to review, I don't guarantee I'll do all of them, especially if you ask me to review Apollo coin, which I will not, because that looks a bit questionable to me. But if it's a good project, and I have the opportunity to reach out to the creator, most certainly, I will uh, make the effort to do so. Remember, if you want to watch all these videos in one hit, just go to the beginning and watch it as a playlist. Or at the end of this series, I'll probably release it as just one big chunk. Please do hit that like and subscribe. It really does help me, and it is very much appreciated. Let's get into part five. I'm wondering with what you've created, is it possible for me or someone who's actually a programmer, a mediocre programmer or a reasonable programmer to learn CX, then anonymously create a blockchain of whatever they want on the Sky uh, coin network? Yeah, that's the point. We, we want the creation of the blockchain to be as easy as the creation of a web server. Instead of using Ethereum's blockchain, everyone's stuck on one platform every person is going to have their own personal blockchain. And so we're, we're going from the era when everyone had a GeoCities page to the era when everyone can have their own personal uh, server. And uh, this goes back, though, to, to if you look at the, the blockchain now, if you look at Bitcoin, Litecoin, Dogecoin, these aren't really communities. I've seen a lot of tokens like EOS and Cardano and whatever, but how many governments have you seen issue a currency like Panama or, or even city issue a currency or community issue a currency or a corporation issue a currency? And one of the things that we found is so these, these rich people, they own, they own banks, they're on the directors of the banks. And I thought these people were satanic, they're evil, that they're just trying to control people. And I, and I thought all these things, like I, I had a very negative you know, view sort of like an Alex Jones view of the world, like, oh, they're plotting, conspiring against the peasants and they're, they're trying to fuck everyone. And then I go and I, I go start going to meetings. I, I meet some of these people. And what I find out is that they're, they're on all these NGOs. Yeah, they have a lot of money. They're not starving in the street, like, you know, working or, you know, they're not going paid paycheck to paycheck. These people were born into to wealth and power, but they're not evil. A lot of them actually, they sit on nonprofit boards and they, they do whatever they can within the system to try to improve the world. There's very few sociopaths that are like, oh, I'm gonna screw over everyone. And when I ask them like, why did this happen? Why did that happen? And it's always, they, sit, they always have a reason. It's never like, yeah, we just wanna fuck those people. <laughs> you know, it's not like Dr. Evil running the world. They, they say, um, well, you know, we have this much of resources and this was the choice or this was the choice. And if we do this, 1 billion people are going to die. And if we do that, it'll be a better world. So, and these, they have a choice between two evils. And when you actually get to the, the decisions that the, the people of the countries have to make, they're not easy. So they have this Paris Accord and they say, we're going to cut all the coal power plants. 
and they have to because they're raining down like mercury and heavy metals from the sky. And if you cannot allow uh, all these countries to develop the way India and China did, and they, they have two things is they're going to, they're going to change the, the rules for this and then they're going to make a lot of money on it. So they're going to say, we're going to shut down, you know, $10 trillion worth of coal power plants. And we're going to build $10 trillion worth of like thorium or solar or whatever. They don't know what it is, but they know that we're going to change the, the law because we have to and change the rules of the system. And we're also going to become billionaires. We're going to make all this money on it. So they, they, so it's a, it's a, it's a, first of all, it's a financial self-interest is if they don't fix this problem, everyone on earth is going to die. Secondly, they can make a lot of money from the problem. And uh, so, but anyways, they, they, they really, uh, some of these people are just don't give a shit about the earth. They don't care about humanity. They're just like, oh, if these are the new rules, I'm going to do this. and I'm going to make $10 billion over there. That's, there's a lot of people like that. But, um, and then there's a lot of people that are, that are, there's people more setting the rules and setting up these NGOs, international things aren't as sociopathic or they're not doing it for the money. They, they don't, you know, but, uh, these people, they have a meeting and they, they say, here's the state of the earth. And they, they did simulations. They had like six or eight computer uh, scientists come in. They gave them all the data. They did models and they have them do presentations at a symposium. And all of them say, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. They say, if the food price goes up 60%, the, these 40 countries are going to have riots. And then this other professor creates another mathematical model. And he says, when the food price goes up this percentage, these countries will have riots. And he says, when the food, and, and every country, all these professors, they do the models with 40 different methodologies and they all come up with the same result. And so reasonably you could say that this is probably going to happen. And so what happened was they know that there's this many people on earth and that people are going to start eating beef. And so all the corn production is going to go towards the, the feedlots. And when, uh, and that's going to increase the corn price. And then when the corn price goes up, these poor people aren't going to be able to afford food because all their food is being used to feed cattle so that these other rich people can eat steak while they're starving to death. And that those people are going to get really angry and they're going to start rioting and burning things as soon as the food price goes over this level. And so they, they have these like crazy mathematical models about the future. And where blockchain comes into this, what people don't understand, people currently believe blockchain is about tokens, uh, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Dogecoin, Ripple, if they think it's a game or you gamble, but that's not what blockchain is going to be about in 10 years. What's, what's going to happen actually is local communities, cities, community groups, NGOs, corporations, uh, governments are going to start to begin to issue their own currency on blockchain. And we're exiting an era where you have the EU and they produce their currency or you have the United States and they produce their currency and there's no other currency in the U.S. That era is a blip in history. This era when there was a nation state that monopolized the creation of currency is only a temporary period. And in the history of humanity, for the majority of the time, maybe you have an empire and maybe they monopolize the currency for 100, 200 years, then it collapses and we go back to private currencies. So people who are looking at human history over the 300, 400, 500 year time span know this. And so what we're in is we're actually part of a cycle right now. And what was interesting to me is Deutsche Bank went in. They said the current financial system is a scam. It's going to collapse. We're going to keep it going as long as we can. But they know that the debt level is unsustainable, that eventually they're going to have de defaults. And that the, uh, for, for instance, the U.S., uh, for instance, these countries, they, their currency is backed by bonds but no one's buying the bonds. 
So what the government started doing was they started printing up money to buy their own bonds at auction, which is crazy. So the government's currency is backed by bonds, but no one buys the bonds. So now the government prints up money to buy their own bonds at auction so that they can say their currency has value. This is just crazy. It's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. And when you start seeing these contradictions, they just pile up on each other, pile up on each other until the whole stack of contradictions collapses. And after, after what's eventually going to happen is we're going to see parallel streams of liquidity and they're going to be at the community level. They're not going to be like Bitcoin or Monero. They're going to be local community currencies that are serving local community needs. Or you're going to see cities start to issue their own currencies. So for instance, uh, New York City has their own ID program. So you have a U.S. ID, a U.S. passport, you have a, 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 a New York ID, and if you live in New York City, you have a city ID. You have a card saying you're a member of New York City. What would stop New York City 10 years from now from issuing its own currency or even getting its own military or just saying we're not going to pay federal – no one in New York City has to pay federal taxes anymore. Pay us the taxes. You know, We're going to start seeing fighting actually within the government between the organization at different levels, between the city – between the nation and between the states. The states are gonna say, I don't wanna obey the federal laws. I don't wanna pay federal taxes. Uh, you're draining all the money out of our state. And the, then the, the states are gonna start fighting with the government for power. And the cities are also gonna start fighting with the state and with the government. And this is uh, what's starting, it's a process that is already underway. If you look at the, uh, if you look at Catalonia, they're trying to break off in Spain. They say, you take, we're paying you all this money. It's leaving the country. We want the money to stay in our community. We don't want it to leave. And so you have a massive proliferation of uh, separatist movements and basically a rearrangement of, uh, of power on the earth between different subdivisions in the governments and corporations. And blockchain is actually at the middle of this. And I went and I bought these, these books by these guys in the Club of Rome, and they're people from Deutsche Bank. And you would think that Deutsche Bank would be against blockchain and community currency and because they're the ones issuing all the money. And you would think that they would want to keep the system in place. But what they realize is the current system is unsustainable. It can only go on so long. It's going to collapse, and we need a replacement. And they're actually funding research projects for the last 20 years into local community currencies, into cities issuing their own currencies. Um, and if you have a city and the government taxes everyone to death and the unemployment rate hits 40% and people start rioting, what you do is you create a community currency and you say, oh, you plant trees, you plant crops, you grow food, you make you you build community projects and we give you this coin and you can spend this coin to buy food. And then it puts people to work, it lowers the unemployment rate and it creates uh, an income stream for people and it allows them to contribute to their community. And it promotes- Here's the question with that. I agree. So we're about to have uh, economies collapse. We can already see it happening. We've got going into negative interest rates where banks are now going to move to the position where they're actually mm -hmm. going to pay you to take out loans so they can have some type of can to kick down the road. But when it comes to the issuance of a coin, this is one that I've really wrapped my head around, tried to wrap my head around a fair bit. Let's say we take that model where coins are, or currencies are starting to be issued by a city or a country. Mm -hmm. How much, who, who issues them? What would the supply be? And what stops that in, its, in turn becoming another fiat currency? And then this links back to Bitcoin. Sorry to preload this question, but I really want your insight into this. If, if there's only one Bitcoin with only one fixed supply and that supply is 
global as in a true global mm -hmm. currency if i make a new york coin and i want to mm -hmm. go to australia well why would australia accept the new york coin unless there's someone in australia who wants to travel to new york a bit later and if that person yeah. from new york was coming to australia would they then trade it directly for australian coins or into bitcoin and then out of bitcoin into the australian coin so what happened with the Deutsche Bank, when they did these community currency projects, they worked spectacularly and they improved the community, like build a community swimming pool, plant some trees, do build a school. You can get a million people that are unemployed and get them to start working and produce wealth for the community very quickly like that. But the currency died. And the reason it died was always liquidity. People always dumped the community currency for another currency. And then the people in the community stopped accepting it. So what we have now with digital currencies is I now have I can now instantly convert from currency A to currency B at a floating exchange rate. And there's always going to be someone who will arbitrage that. So if I have money flowing from community A to community and money flowing uh, from A to B and B to A, there's a balance of capital flows. And that balance of capital flows will determine the exchange rate between the cryptocurrencies. Now with digitalization, now if I have a million currencies, on blockchain and I have the correct financial infrastructure like what we're building, I can actually uh, in real time allow settlement and trading in any currency. So if you wanna take Dogecoin, Bitcoin and this and I, you have Skycoin, basically um, you can do that because you pay to an exchange and then the exchange, the order book converts it to the currency that you accept. So now currency becomes a two-sided market. There's the current that each person has a list of currencies they accept as payment and each person has a list of currencies they have in their wallet. And to transact with you, I don't have to necessarily have a currency that uh, you accept because I can just send it to a broker and for 0%, basically no fee, he'll convert it to another currency that, um, that, uh, that you will accept. And so, but this requires a lot of stuff. It requires communication infrastructure like Sky Messenger. It requires proof of sale terminals. It requires uh, having a centralized order book facilities. It requires having a receipt tracking system where I can send you a receipt or an invoice and you send me back a thing and, and I know it's you and I can pay it. And then you can't say later on, I didn't pay you because you signed the receipt and I have proof that I paid you. So this requires a, a new type of settlement and clearing mechanism that we're just bu we're building that eventually. But it, it requires a whole nother set of tools to enable the financial system to function this way but eventually that's how it's going to function it's not going to be uh the only way these currencies will be accepted it's fair to say is one a higher authority says this is your currency or two the people says no we value this currency i have two order books right i have an order book for a bitcoin into skycoin right and i want to convert bitcoin to skycoin there'll always there'll be a bot probably a bot probably not a human being that arbitrages it. And when you'd convert from A to B, he takes the spread. So the spread could be like one for a currency that is not traded could be 1%. But for heavily traded currency with a high volume, the spread, because of the low cost of the transaction, the spread could only be a fraction of a basis point. So this guy will be converting money back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And he might make, you know, a few hundred dollars a month converting uh, the money back and forth. And it could be $100 million. But with the blockchain, so the blockchain infrastructure, what it does is it lowers the cost for doing these currency swaps. It, low, it allows us to provide liquidity because previously all the liquidity was drained out of the system by the transaction costs mm. for the broker who was sitting in the middle. 
So with the blockchain technology, once I can have a million blockchains and a million order books and all the arbitrage is being done automatically by bots, I can eliminate all of the friction and all the, the transaction costs and, um, and I can then build a working financial system on top of that. So noting, so I think, noting Skycoin can fill in, you know, the back end to everything that we've just discussed. It pushes us to the big question, Synth. Here we go now. I know you're not going to be afraid to tell us. What is your price prediction for Skycoin? I, when I look at the market, I, I've been through here 10 years and it's a cycle. Every year, it's the same thing. It just goes around. It's like a, it's like a wheel. It, it's just the same thing every year. So I, I see the market as being cyclic. My personal opinion is that when Bitcoin passes its all-time high, when we see Bitcoin blowing past 1800 or $18,000 of Bitcoin, which it will, um, we're going to see Skycoin pass the all-time high. And so Skycoin's price right now is about $2, and we were at $50 at the all-time high. And what's the supply? And Is it about 29 million from memory? What was the supply? It's of? about 20 million. We're going to hit 20, 25 million soon. Yeah. yeah I remember it was um, similar to Bitcoin in the sense that it wasn't in the billions or hundreds of millions. No. No. 1% of the Skycoin is 1 million coins, just to make an even number. Oh, there you go. Okay. And um, so when the market starts going up, like it goes crazy, all the coins are going to go up. And the, we're definitely going to, when we passed the all time high last market cycle, when we hit $50 a coin, our community was only a few hundred people. We didn't have a programming language done. We weren't doing college meetups. We didn't have hardware. We, um, we didn't have more nodes online than Bitcoin. We, um, we had nothing. We had nothing. And today our community is hundreds of times larger than what we, what we were going into the last bubble. So I think that this cycle, we're going to do pretty well. And I know we have, we have some investors come in and they say, uh, I want to buy 20 million. And um, they say, what price? And they say, I don't care what price it is. I'm like, why don't you care what price it is? And they say, well, because it's either going to go to the top, Skycoin's either going to be in the top 10 or it's not. And if it, if it doesn't go in the top 10, maybe I lost $10 million. But if it goes to the top 10, they say the coin price to get Skycoin into the top 10 has to reach 300 to $800 a coin. So they say they're looking at every coin, six or eight coins that have the possibility of going into the top 10 in the next cycle. And they just say, give me $10 million of each of them. And that's their investment strategy is they look at every coin in the market and, it's, and they say, can this be a top 10? Can this be top 10? It's, yes. Okay. Put $10 million in it. And there's only like really four or six coins, maximal eight, that have any chance of doing well in the next market cycle because the, the market right now is a lot more concentrated than it was. Um, a lot of the companies shut down, fired all their employees. Um, a lot of the weaker companies were completely washed out of the market. We're not going to see the, the ICO craze with 150,000 ICOs and new coins and new companies developing. The companies that are in the market right now are pretty much what we're going to have for the next nine months. And there might be a few ICOs and a few media things, but uh, if the company hasn't already been in development for two or four years now, they're not going to have enough time to build up the basic infrastructure they need to be a competitor in the third generation uh, blockchain system. So like IOTA, if they have enough money, people, they want to pivot, they want to do this, they want to do that, they can probably do it if they choose to. 
But if you're coming in now and trying to raise a billion dollars for an ICO, no one's going to even give you a dollar. Mm -hmm. All the ICOs just fail. So um, I think that it's really good for Skycoin. I think um, I want to see Skycoin in the in the top ten, and I want to this year demonstrate what we're able to do with the platform, and I want people to understand and to be able to see for themselves how much more powerful um, our programming language is compared to what you can do with smart contracts or Ethereum or you know Qtum or EOS or uh, Arc or Lisk. I think that one of the factors holding the development of the blockchain ecosystem back was really we didn't have the tools to build meaningful blockchain applications. And so just to see 300 or 400 applications being developed in six months and then see which one take off and see people actually using those applications, I think is going to be uh, really good for us. With the exception of Bitcoin being the Mac Daddy, who do you think your biggest competitor is out there? Not, not for function. I looked at, there's no competition basically. Um, a lot of the coins, they're doing something different. They're not doing what Skycoin is doing. Um, I think we're the only coin doing infrastructure and the only coin doing hardware. And it's, we're doing something completely different. It's not in the same category as, uh, as what the other coins are doing. They're all very specialized. Like this coin's doing this, and this coin's doing that, and this coin's doing that. And I think that eventually we're going to be heading towards a lot more corporate projects, a lot more infrastructure projects and providing like supply chain tracking and databases and and enterprise resource management systems and communication, telecom, smart city. And so we're really moving into physical infrastructure. So our competitors like Siemens and things like that and like GE, it's not uh, our competitors in Ethereum because they're not in any of the, in the markets. Like if we're, if we're building a blockchain system for like a, you know, 300 homes with solar panels that are going to be trading energy with each other in a local market, we're really competing with Siemens and General Electric. We're not really competing with Ethereum because Ethereum can't even do that. So for me, I think, that, uh, that's dead right. In, in my opinion, sitting on the sidelines, sitting as a, a trader, a miner, uh, a crypto enthusiast, what really attracted me to Skycoin was exactly what you said then. A, you're not doing what any other coin is doing, but B, you're also doing a lot of hardware. Now, in my deep dive two years ago, and, and I was a, and still am relatively a small YouTuber, that one video uh, with virtually no SEO backing, no big subscription backing, got very quickly nearly 30,000 hits. Now, years ago, that was a, a big uh a big viewer base for someone who is just starting in, in crypto and what has kept me with you. And I think what has grown this, I don't want to say it, but it's kind of like a cult following these people who, who yeah. love you so much and love what you're doing so much is in some instances, and we haven't even touched on this. I don't know if we've got time, but some people will even put tattoos on their body of a blue cloud supporting what you do. <laughs> but in the reality, <laughs> I cannot find anywhere someone who's doing the hardware and the amount of stuff. And as I titled that video that we're just speaking of is I, I called it, could this be the Google of crypto? And I think mm. if what you're doing uh, continues to work, it, it will be the Google of crypto. Um, have we got time to talk about McAfee briefly? Yes. 